Danny Garcia versus Sean Porter. Fight predictions. Dun dun dun. Hey guys, it's Vice Junkie here. Before I jump into this, I want to tell you all I'm very, very disappointed in you. Uh, my previous fight prediction video, I believe it was for UFC 228, I asked you guys, do you want me to do the more in-depth breakdowns or do you want me to do the quicker breakdowns? And only one person on YouTube decided to take the time and comment. That was my boy Mark Crowley. Mark, if you're out there listening, I appreciate it, brother. All the love, the support. Thank you very much. For the rest of you guys, I'm very disappointed in you. I don't even want to look at you. Get out of my face. Okay, okay. All joking aside, if you guys want to check me out on Twitter, you can do it at FightJunkie.com. You can listen to the podcast at anchor.fm. And of course, YouTube is youtube.com slash fightjunkie2006. In all seriousness, if you guys do want the different breakdowns, because I can do a longer one and I can do a shorter one, I really just asked you guys that simply because I wasn't sure if you wanted to sit there and listen to an hour plus podcast on maybe three or four different fights on a card. Boxing, we usually don't have to worry about that because usually it's like one or two major ones on a card. Um, but on UFC, obviously, there's 14, usually 14 different fights on the card that you could break down. Obviously, I don't do that many. But even if I pick three, I think the last time I did that, it was like an hour. On the UFC 228, I think that I cut that down to probably 40 minutes. So if you guys have an opinion... Go ahead, comment on any of these videos and let me know. If not, then don't even bother talking to me ever, anywhere, ever again. All right, let's get on to this. So everybody knows who Danny Garcia and Sean Porter are. If you're a boxing fan, you know who they are. So I won't go too much into their records and everything, but I'll just give a brief overview of who they are. Uh, Danny's 34-1. and He's got 20 KOs. His only loss came to Keith Thurman, and that was a split decision. That was a really close fight. The problem with Danny is a lot of times he doesn't get out of the gate fast enough. He just simply starts too slow. And that was the case with Thurman. He came on late. I believe Thurman has uh, stamina issues to begin with. I've seen him fade late before and he did it in this fight. But he had built up such a lead that Danny wasn't able to get the win. A lot of people can dispute it. But the fact of the matter is Danny made it much harder than he should have. If he would have just came out and started throwing punches, then he probably would have won that fight. Who knows? He may have even stopped Thurman late. But he didn't. So he lost. And that's how the cookie crumbles. Now, Porter is 28-2 with one draw. And he has 17 KOs. His two losses, one is a Porter, he lost that fight by UD, and one is a majority decision to Kell Brook. Porter is much more aggressive than Danny, and I think that's what you're looking at when you're capping this fight, is styles. These styles match up, and it could be an awesome fight, or it could be a bit of a grind and a rough, stanky fight on the inside. Because Porter comes at you, he can, he can get wide with his punches, but he throws a lot of punches, and he's a grinder on the inside. He's not afraid to throw that head in there. He's not afraid to hold and hit. He's not afraid to hit while you're holding him. 
He's not afraid to go up and down the body. He just throws. That's his his best asset is that he's a grinder. That's what I like to call a grinder. He just goes. It doesn't matter to him if he's hitting on the arms, if he's hitting on the hip, if he's hitting on the side of the ear. He just throws. Danny's a little bit more measured. He likes to stay on the outside, actually. A lot of people think of him as an aggressive, you know, come forward, try to knock people out. But he actually likes a little bit of distance. And that can cause problems because when he's sitting on the outside, like in the Thurman fight, he just got outworked. And that's one potential pitfall I can see if you're betting Danny Garcia in this fight. Because Danny sometimes doesn't start fast enough, then tries to make up ground in the middle to late rounds, and that's a dangerous strategy when you're talking about world-class fighters. So let's get into the odds. Currently, as of today, Danny Garcia is minus 155, and Porter is plus 145. Danny opened at minus 130. Sean opened at minus 110. So you can see the public is are the ones that move this line. The books thought this was a very, very even fight when they capped it. Goes to a decision as minus 250 and doesn't go to a decision as plus 175. Again, these guys aren't the biggest punchers and they're both world class. So I can understand why we're getting that kind of line on the fight going to the cards. We got Garcia by decision at plus 125 and Porter by decision at 240. The draw hits at 1800. Porter by TKO or KO is 5 to 1. And Garcia by TKO or KO is 4-1. to one. So obviously you can see that the books are favoring this fight to go over, to go the distance, and one of these guys to win by decision. So who do you like? Well, when you're looking at this fight, you got to look at the styles. They're both world class, so you're not going to be able to go down their records and say, oh, this guy has a big advantage here. They're both not huge punchers. They're right around 55 to 57% knockout ratio. So they're really close in that regard as well. Personally, I think this matchup is very, very close. I agree with the book's opening line more than I do the current line. Because the current line, the public has moved that on Garcia. And I don't think even if Garcia wins, he's that many steps above Porter. I personally see this fight as being very close no matter who wins, especially if we're talking that it's going to go to a decision. So if you've capped this and you believe it is going to go to a decision, then you've got to pick your poison there because I feel the fight is so close you could make a case for either guy. That may be where you look at the over. So if you cap it the same way I do where you think this fight is really close and you have a feeling that they're just going to be at it you know every single round and people are gonna say the i'd hate to be a judge that's one of those rounds that could go either way right this type of really close fight where you have porter coming in grinding and then maybe danny doing a little bit of the better work on the outside as porter comes in so he has success a little bit on the outside porter has some grinding some success maybe some dirty success on the inside and that's where it gets that's where it gets uh, hard to determine what the judges are going to do because on the inside, when you're fighting that type of fight, that grinding style, it doesn't look pretty. So it's not like you can sit there and say, man, this round is so clear. and cl-, You know what I mean? Like he's just dominating because a lot of times they're wrestling in there. So Sean may be throwing three or four punches, but Danny's not just going to sit there. 
So he's grabbed his arm. He's spun him. He's thrown a couple rabbit punches. He's thrown a, a couple body shots. So it's, it looks like it's more two-way dirty fighting on the inside. And I think that's why Porter has a lot of those close fights where you're like, oh man, Porter probably won that. But because the other guy is still working, where on the outside, it's a little more clear who won. So if Porter's having trouble closing the distance or he's getting hit clean as he comes in, then you are automatically going, oh, wow, Danny's hitting him clean when he comes in. And then on the inside, it's kind of even. So then you're more likely to give that round to Danny. That's how I see the fight playing out. And that's one of the reasons I think it's going to be very close. I'm going to tell you right now, I would not be surprised to see a majority decision or a split decision. It's just these two guys, their styles, and the world class. The matchup is very close. I would be extremely surprised if either one of these guys just got blasted out. Even dominated. Like, I told you about Danny not starting fast. Even if Sean took those early rounds... I would still think that Danny would get in his groove mid to late rounds and probably make the fight close again. That's the problem here is that these guys are so good at what they do that you can make a case for either guy, either style, winning a very close fight. So I can't argue with anybody who wants to take the minus 250 decision. Normally, I would say that's getting pretty high, guys. We've got a whole 12-round fight. And there are pitfalls that could happen. Obviously, with the style that Sean fights, one of the things you have to really worry about if you're taking that over, or even either guy by decision, depending on what your book is, are the headbutts. It's possible we could get a no contest or more likely a technical decision. We talked about that in the odds terminology. So if it's before three rounds and they butt and can't continue, somebody's got a cut and injury, it's going to be a no contest. After that, they're going to go to the scorecards and it's going to be rendered a technical decision. Now, depending on the book, again, normally if you bet decision, that covers technical decision. If your book is like that, then you're good because you're still covered if a butt happens. They call it a butt. That's the other thing. They've got to call it a butt. And then you go to the scorecards. Now, with that, obviously, you're relying on the officials. And who the hell knows if they're ever going to get it right, right? Sometimes they're okay, and other times they're just dismal. So that's something to look at when you're capping this fight. Look at the style of these two guys and how Porter comes in a lot with his head. That can be a problem. So if you think there's any possibility that a technical decision could come into play, then you have to look at what options you have from there. If you don't think that's the case, or if they do, but it's not going to be serious, or they'll be able to stop the bleeding, it's just not an issue, then you can just not even factor it in. But I wouldn't suggest that. I would actually suggest factoring it in simply because I know the way Porter fights. He's aggressive and he does. He just flies in there, man. And sometimes I don't always think it's like intentional, but sometimes shit happens. So when that happens, it obviously can affect the fight. So if you have a guy that you like and you're looking at decision, then what are the lines? Well, you can only get plus 125 on Garcia right now. That's not a very great line in all honesty. Now it is plus, but still, plus 125, eh, but Porter's decision, in my opinion, is way too high. It's currently sitting at 240. It opened at 250. In my opinion, he can win that way. In my opinion, either one of them are going to win by decision. 
So when I'm looking at this, the books open the fight is very close. The public moved it to Garcia's side. The books think it's going to a decision. So far, the public has, hasn't touched that. So it's still at minus 250. We, we, we're all under the same umbrella of it's probably going to go to a decision. They're both really high by KO. And they're both lower by decision. But Garcia's extremely low by decision, plus 125. Where Porter is plus 240. That's a big line difference. Especially if you end up capping the fight like I did where this is anybody's fight, especially when we get to the scorecards. Majority decision, split decision. In my opinion, that plus 240 is looking juicy because I think Porter can win a decision. That's not to say that I don't think Danny can win. Remember, I'm not saying that. That's not to say I don't think Danny can win a very, very close fight or the potential for a draw is here. When you're talking majority or split going in, that's the way you cap the fight. You've got to look at the draw. And the draw is actually kind of low. It's only 18 to 1. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities. We're getting into this murky, crazy area that happens with boxing or combat sports betting. Where you can see a couple of these uh, scenarios playing out. And all of the odds around those scenarios support that. They're pretty much all in line with what you would say. And they're pretty much sitting there going, if I play this, this could happen. If I play that, that could happen. And that starts messing with your mind. So if you're going back and forth on who's going to win the fight, but you think it's going to decision, just take the over. Again, if you think Danny can win on points, but you also think Porter can win on points, just take the over. And that also covers you. In the rare instance that we get a draw, because you will get the fight goes to a decision. It doesn't matter what the result is. Once it goes to a decision, you've won, even if it's a draw. If you have a side and you like a certain fighter, then you have to pick your poison as far as how you think they're going to win. Do you want to lay the current minus 155 on Danny? Or take the plus coming back at 145 on Porter. Obviously, if you're going to take one of these guys straight, the Porter line is much easier to take, right? Because he's plus money and you're still going to get a nice return on your $100 bet. Danny's a little bit different because he did open the favorite, but he steadily climbed. So now you got to decide if you want to pull the trigger now or if you think late Sean Porter money is going to come in. I haven't really seen that. So if you like Danny and you want to take him straight, my suggestion would be you better bet him now. Because unless something crazy happens with the weigh-in, and most of the time these guys are spot on. They're in good shape. I don't anticipate any trouble with the weigh-in. Then I think Danny's number has shown that it's continuously climbed. And nobody's given much love to Porter. And I think that's wrong because I can see Porter winning this fight in a very, very close fight. Now, obviously, if you like Porter straight, there's not much to talk about. The only thing I would suggest is if you're looking at these guys straight, do you really think they can knock each other out? That's the only real reason to bet this straight because the straight bet isn't nowhere near as nice as either guy by decision. Even Danny, which I complained about being at plus 125, still straight, he's minus 155. So you're flipping it right there. 
So obviously, if you like Danny and you think he's going to win by decision, I wouldn't even take the straight bet. I would take Danny by decision. But again, that's on you guys. If you think Danny has any chance of stopping Porter, you have to play the straight. The exact same thing goes for anybody backing Porter. If you guys think there's any possibility that he's going to stop Danny, then don't even mess around with the props. Just take the straight bet. Again, my opinion, which may be worth nothing, is that neither one of these guys will get stopped. It's going to go to a decision. It's going to be a close fight. And both sides are going to think they won. And both sides at bet are going to think they won. It's just simply the way these guys match up. Can I suggest you guys laying off this fight entirely? Yes, if you don't want to put the 250 down for the decision. If you don't feel comfortable laying minus 250 on the fight will go 12 and you can't separate these guys enough to pick a side and pick a way they're going to win, then this is a fight you could lay off just watch and enjoy it because they are evenly matched. Again, I'd be very surprised if anybody dominates this fight. I haven't seen that in their careers. That's just not the way they are, and they both match up so well that I just can't make a legitimate case that I can say Danny Garcia is going to dominate Sean Porter and win a wide UD. Or Sean Porter is going to dominate Garcia and win a wide UD. If there was anything I could see, it would be Porter outworking Garcia maybe early and then Garcia coming back and making the fight closer. And then that's when you're back to the, the scorecards of being close. Even if Porter overwhelms him early, Danny usually flips the switch. He usually gets going. I don't know what it is with him. He just sometimes he's a slow starter and it puts him behind because if you're thinking about it, three or four rounds of slow starting in a 10 or 12 round fight, now you got some ground to make up. You got to either win these next three or four rounds in a row just to get back to even. And so if Porter's able to sneak a couple more rounds in there, we're getting into draw territory already. Because if you already gave him three or four rounds, he only needs two more in a 12-round fight to guarantee himself a draw, assuming no knockdowns. So that's the problem when you're betting Danny, is you never know if he's going to come out slow for three or four rounds and then make his push. Porter's going to fight the way he fights. That's the one thing you don't have to worry about. The wild card here is Danny. It's not Sean. Sean's going to come out and fight the way he normally fights. Danny, you could say, is going to fight the way he normally fights, but that's sometimes not a good thing because he starts out too slow, looking for that perfect punch. He loves a left hook to, left hook as well. So he's always looking to land that big bomb, looking to land it, and sometimes he doesn't set up his offense enough, and so he gets out worse. And then his poppy gets on him and says, man, you got to throw some punches, get to it, and then around three, four, five, six, he starts going, and then we got to fight. It's the same thing that happened with Thurman. So again, if you can't pick a side, you don't want to pick your poison, you don't like the fight goes to a decision because of the line at minus 250, then I would suggest you lay off. Some fights you just don't want to bet. Personally, I think it's a close fight, but I'm not scared away from the fight only because of this line of Porter wins by decision at 240. I'm not saying that's a guarantee. Don't get it twisted. I'm not telling you Porter wins by decision is guaranteed. What I'm telling you is the my, the plus 250 and now 240 is a beautiful line in a fight that I capped to be very close and end up being determined on the scorecards. 
you're getting a plus 240 or earlier plus 250 for Porter to win on the cards. In my opinion, that is the play if you capped it the way I capped it. Again, I don't want to tell you guys what to bet or how much to bet or any of that nonsense. I'm just here to discuss these fights, tell you how I see them, talk it out back and forth. Maybe I can explain something to you and it, it opens up your eyes to see something that you missed. Or like I said, leave in the comments, tell me why you like what guy, what you're betting, what you think about it. That's perfectly cool. That's what I'm here for. Like, interact with me. That's why I was joking about the, the UFC predictions when I said, hey, guys, let me know which way. I'm dead serious. Like, I was dead serious. Let me know what you like about these uh, fight predictions, if they're too long, if they're too short, what was going on. But you guys didn't, you left me hanging. What's up with that? Listen, I'm not like everybody else. I've been around for a long time, but I have no God complex. The way I talk to you on this mic is the exact same way I would talk to you in person. And that's the way I want it. That's why I keep it raw. And even when I'm stumbling and bumbling, I don't cut it out. I don't edit any of it. Simply because if we're talking live, I couldn't edit it. Right? If I make a mistake or I go, I can't edit it out. It's already in your ears. Right? So that's the way I look at it. I just kind of keep it raw. The same thing with my thumbnails. Somebody was like, uh, hey, I think you should put like sexier thumbnails or something. But I'm just doing this thing raw, man. I really am. Like I'm just putting it out there, trying to describe what I'm talking about the best I can, throwing up a thumbnail so you guys know what it's about, giving you a good description so you're interested in clicking on the YouTube link or listening to the podcast. And then we go from there. It's like we're friends, like we're family. Like I'm just talking to you like I would anybody in my life currently right now. You can ask anybody. I talk the exact same way in real life. This is not fake. This is not Mike. This is not pretend. This is not plastic. This is 100% just the way I am. So some of you guys will like that. Some of you guys won't like that. I understand that. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But when I ask you to engage with me, I really mean it. Like it's not some uh, PC thing. It's not some, oh, I love all my fans. I love all my followers. You got, no, I'm dead serious. Like, hey, interact with me. That's what I'm here for. Why the hell aren't you guys commenting? Why aren't you adding me on Twitter? Don't, you know, if you have questions, ask me. If you just want to shoot the shit, that's fine too. Like, that's really how I am. Like, I'm okay with it as long as I have the time. And somebody had mentioned me doing videos on YouTube as well. And I said, my plate is pretty full right now. I think a lot of people forget that I actually capped the fights and bet. So it's not like I'm just doing the podcast and nothing else or just posting on Twitter and nothing else. No, I'm actually doing this for a living. So you guys got to remember that takes a big portion of my time, not including what I do on the weekends. But I still want to interact with you guys. So if it has to be over comments on YouTube or if it has to be, you know, over tweets on Twitter, that's fine, too. But I just want to let you guys know that I'm, when I say these things on these podcasts and I ask you for your advice or whatever, I'm, re I'm really asking you. Like, I'm not just doing it to pump up the brand or make it seem like I'm something that I'm not. No, I'm dead serious. I'm really asking you. I know that could be a little bit different than what you're used to because a lot of times on social media, people just simply are narcissistic. So they put out their stuff and then people comment and people retweet and people like and people comment like on YouTube and people subscribe. And these people don't even acknowledge any of anybody. They don't even acknowledge anything. You're going to have somebody following 5 million people and they're following, I mean, they have 5 million followers and they're following two people. 
Why are you on social media? You're only on there to be narcissistic and promote your stuff. That's all you're doing. You're just promoting yourself because you're not even interacting with anybody. I said it. I think I should do a separate episode on this because it's very strange to me how social media is for interaction, but most people aren't interacting like that, especially if you have a blue check mark next to your name or you have a lot of followers, then immediately you get this God complex and you just think you're holier than thou and nobody deserves even the right to look at you, to talk to you, to at you, to comment about it. Nothing. You just ignore them all the time. And like I said, unless I blow up and I'm so huge that I can't do it all, then I'll make sure I hire somebody that, you know, runs stuff by and gives people comments and thanks and all this other stuff and then I'll deal with the more important questions or the more uh, in-depth questions that you know whoever I hire can't do it Uh, that's the way I look at it but until we get to that point it's me guys when you comment and I reply back it's me when you at me on Twitter and I reply to you or I like your stuff or I retweet it that's me so you guys have a direct connection to me so use it that's what I'm here for anyway I think this fight is going to be a very close fight. I think you have to decide if you like the decision. And once you decide that, that's going to be a lot easier for you. Because if you decide you like the decision and you can make a case for laying minus 250, you really don't have to mess with anything else that I've talked about. In all honesty, I personally like the Porter plus 240. But hell, if you think, like I think, both guys can win a decision, I can't argue with that minus 250. You're getting both guys. It is covering your butt to say, Danny can win a decision, which I said, and Sean could win a decision, which I said. In reality, that's the smart play, minus 250, if you believe, like I do, it's going to a decision. Am I getting a little greedy, probably taking Porter by decision at 240? Yeah, I think you could say that because I'm capping it as either guy could win. And realistically, ah, you probably should play that decision at 250 if that's what you think. But the Porter by decision line is so off to me at plus 250, plus 240, that I go, man, in a really close fight, could I see Porter eking this out and hitting a 250, a 240 line? Now, you're not going to bet a million dollars on it. Don't get it twisted, right? You're not going to go crazy. But if you want to do one of those what I call throwaway bets where it's not a significant portion of your bankroll and it's like, okay, I can see this guy winning this way. It's possible, if not probable, that Porter, if he wins, is going to be by decision, right? I think we've all come to that same conclusion, that if Porter wins, it's going to be by decision. Now you're looking at that nice 250, 240 line. So is it worth the risk? And that's where you do the throwaway bets, I call it. It's not a throwaway bet on the fighter, like he has no shot of winning. The reason I call that is because it's not really factored into your bankroll. So If you were betting this fight legitimately using whatever percentage of your bankroll that you like to bet on these fights and you go fight goes to the decision, I'm willing to bet 250 to win 100. Okay, that's your legitimate bet. That's fine. You've capped it. You've decided this is what you want to play. You decided this is how much you want to risk. And so you put it down. The throwaway bet on the flip side could be a little bit different where you go, yeah, I think this fight is really close. I think if Porter wins, it's going to be by decision. I really like that 250. 
50-240 line on Porter by Decision, I'm going to put 25 bucks on Porter by Decision. I'm going to put 50 bucks on Porter by Porter wins by decision because I like that risk versus reward coming back. Do you see? That's what I mean by throwaway bet. So that's what you guys have to decide what a throwaway bet is. Some people that could be thousands of dollars. Other people that's $20. And the exact same thing goes with your regular type of bets. I usually like to bet X amount to win X amount. You can always do that. Like I, I try to win $1,000 every time I bet. So if you looked at this fight and you said, I usually try to win $1,000 when I bet and you got minus 250, then you figure out, okay, I have to bet this to win $1,000. That's exactly how it works, right? 250 gets you 100. You got to bet 2,500 to win 1,000 on that. So if that's how you play it, that's how you play it because you've capped it, you're confident, you have no problem. The throwaway bet is a little bit different because you can see it happening. You're not just throwing the money away. So I don't want you to get confused when I say throwaway bet. You're not just throwing it away because you've capped it and you have a capping accuracy and honesty that you think this can happen. It's not like you're just throwing something on a huge underdog, right? That's a that's like a toilet bet, like you're flushing money down the toilet. That's different than a throwaway bet. A throwaway, throwaway bet is simply because it's not factored into your overall betting progress on your bankroll. If you lose $50 and you're normally betting 1000 or 2500 or whatever it is that you normally bet, you're not worried about it. It truly doesn't matter. But a toilet bet is like if you're if you're got two fighters and one fighter is plus five thousand and you're like oh I'll throw this on them you know twenty bucks a hundred bucks five hundred bucks whatever you bet just in case if that ever hit I'd buy a mansion right that's different you've capped this fight already you've capped it as accurately as you can as honestly as you can and you're just getting a little bit greedy there with the, you know what, I'm going to take a little roll with this and see if Porter can't eke it out. And if he does, I get plus 250, 240. If he doesn't, it's not the end of the world, right? Like you don't lose your house. You don't lose your car. You don't rob your kid's college fund. Do you see what I'm saying? It's different. It doesn't affect your bankroll at all. Like it just, it's like it never even happened. If it hits that risk versus reward, yeah, that's nice because now you've got that money coming back for a very low bet at plus 250. And then that can add right back into your bankroll. And there's a whole thing with bankroll management and how you're supposed to manage it. But everybody's different, just like they are with their finances. That's why I don't really go into that too much. I know the way I do it, but I don't like getting into it because I can't tell you how to bet in your circumstances. I don't know your life circumstances. I don't know your bills. I don't know how much you make. I don't know if you're a professional better. I don't know if you work a job. I don't know if you do this part-time. So like I've always told you guys, I'm unique in this regard. I don't get into pissing contests. I really don't. Like you see that a lot with the professional betters and stuff. They're just egomaniacs about, oh, well, this guy said this, but I make this much. And this guy's a scam. And that guy's and I just don't get into it because it can go on forever, right? Like, are you going to come over and audit my books? No. Am I going to go over and sleep in your mansion? No. I mean, it's just a bunch of back and forth chatter that really doesn't even get anywhere. So that's why when I tell you guys my picks and caps and stuff, I just tell you how I'm looking at it. I tell you what I think, what I like, honestly. And then I tell you guys, you know, bet what you want and pick what you want. All I can do is give you my advice on how I see the fight playing out. And then it's up to you guys. So I would never tell you, 
about $100 on Porter wins by decision. About $2,500 on fight goes to a decision. But $15 on Danny Gar... I, I wouldn't. How, how could I do that? I don't know your circumstances. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell people that. You know why? Because nothing's guaranteed. Just like that Tabisio fight that ended with a majority decision. And nobody commented on that either. So I don't know if anybody saw that fight. And in that podcast, I said, hey, I didn't see the fight. This is what I heard. I heard it was very close. And Tabisio probably should have got the nod. But if anybody watched it, hit me up and let me know what you thought. Crickets. Not one single comment on the podcast on YouTube. So I was like, did nobody watch this? Or is it just nobody commenting? But apparently nobody got to watch it either. So we don't even really know what happened there. But yeah, I would never suggest that you guys do like I do or do like somebody else or do anything that's out of your comfort range because how would I know that, right? Like how would I know if you're comfortable betting $2,500 on Wilgo in the Garcia Porter fight? There's no way for me to know that. And even if you told me, hey, fight junkie, I want to bet ten grand. Tell me where to bet it. I wouldn't tell you where to bet it. I may break the fight down for you and say, hey, that's up to you because... How do I know if that's $10,000 you didn't borrow from the mob, right? I'm not on the hook for your bad decisions. That's, you know, I'm big on personal responsibility. So that's why I don't do that. And I just give you information. I give you my opinion. And then I expect as grown adults that you're going to make good decisions and choose the things that you think are correct. The exact same thing with capping this fight. I told you I capped it, how I capped it, what I thought was going to happen, and why I like the Porter by decision. But somebody else that's listening to this could have capped it opposite and said, I think Danny Garcia is going to blast Sean Porter out in two rounds. Well, I don't expect him to take my advice then. If that's what he thinks, then go ahead and back it for sure. All I'm sitting here is telling you how I see it. Not everybody sees it the exact same way I do for sure. And I don't always get them right. That's for sure, too, as you saw in the Tabisio fight. So I just want you guys to listen to me. Appreciate what I'm giving you. I appreciate the content that's, uh, that I'm putting out. I appreciate the comments on the content I'm putting out and the interaction with you guys. But ultimately, at the end of the day, obviously, we all want to win if you're betting. We all want to be healthy. We all want to have positive mindsets. We all want to make good decisions. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what the channel is about. So hopefully you guys like what I'm putting out. Again, hit me up. Comment while you can. You guys realize I'm going to explode, right? Like, I'm a legend, guys. Everybody in the sport knows me. I'm like the best of the best of the best. How we talk about the UFC in the old days, they're fighting the best of the best of the best. I am the best. I'm going to blow up so huge, you guys will never even be able to talk to me again. I'm going to have to have like five assistants to just reply to people on Twitter and reply to the comment. I'm going to have to have those bot machines they use for YouTube. Thank you for your comment. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the best. That's what's going to happen because I'm so awesome and so great. And like, uh, you guys have no idea the privilege that you guys have right now to talk to me, to comment. I mean, when you lose this, guys, tears are going to be rolling down faces. It's going to be a national crisis when I can no longer reply to all you guys because I am so famous that people are just pulling me left and right. Hell, they'll be paying to talk to me. I am going to be that big, so get me why you can.
That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.